Hey, welcome back to Investment Fund Seeker. So today we have actually a very special episode lined up. This is an interview I did with Paul Hutchinson. Now, Paul was one of the original founders with my dad. Of the, He's a co-founder, $20 billion family of funds now. One of the original partners back there. And, and my, he'll tell you in this interview, my dad was kind of the back end, back office. Paul was really the money raiser. He would go out and find an incredible amount of money. My dad to this day will say he's never met anyone in his life that can raise money better than Paul Hutchinson from high net worth individuals and from family office. He's, he's a wizard. So in this episode, he's going to tell you how he can walk in a room. My dad always told me this. Paul can walk in a room, huge 200, 300 person networking event, walk around for 15 minutes and say, okay, I found three, he calls them whales. The real, like really, really rich people, three whales. And by the end of the night, he'll get all three of their business cards and have a meeting set up with them to meet at lunch. And he's going to walk you through how he does that, how he finds those people, um, and how he talks to them and creates those situations. This interview is incredible. Paul is actually one of our mastermind mentors as well. So this is a smaller clip of the entire full interview we did that's in the back end of the mastermind. But this is this is pretty cool. And then at the end, Paul talks about impact and legacy. And Paul actually now devotes a lot of his time to helping kids who are in sex slavery, this dark side of the world that is a massive human traffic, trafficking part of the world. And Paul denotes a lot of time and money and effort to help bring these people to justice and save kids. And he's done an incredible job over the last dozen years, I would say, to helping people. And then especially recently with these kids in sex trafficking, he's actually got a new movie coming out. He's helped produced and he'll tell you all about that and impact and legacy where you can go to help out their charities and foundations. So this is an incredible interview. I'd, I'd advise you to listen to the whole thing. Um, and I maybe we'll, we'll do a second part as well, because this is so good. So I hope you guys enjoy. Peace. I've spent the last three years learning from some of the most ingenious fund managers around. And now I've decided to take the plunge and start my own fund. The real question is, how will I do it with no investors and without an Ivy League degree? This podcast is going to give you the answer. Join me and follow along as I share mine and other stories as we start and build multi-million dollar investment funds. I'm Bridger Pennington, and this is Investment Fund Secrets. So yeah, and that's what he kind of said too. He was good at the back end, mm -hmm. the, the structure, things like that. And you were good at going out, meeting people, going to dinners, talking, you know, getting well, people well, in, and, right? And it was interesting too, because the reason John understood me like very few other partners did. Mm -hmm. So John would be um, on, a, on a Tuesday night. He would be working at, at 9.30 at night. Mm -hmm. And I wasn't at the office because I was at a Utah jazz game on the front row. Uh -huh, right? Yeah. And so, and he would call me up with a question and I'm like, Hey, I'm at the jazz game. I'll tell you, I text him, whatever else. And, yeah. and he understood that I didn't ever go to those jazz games because I enjoyed watching basketball. Mm. It's a freaking waste of my time to sit and watch anybody else play anything. Right. <laughs> yeah. I went because of the caliber of people that were there, mm. the other investors and stuff. I raised over $30 million mm. from people that I met at Utah jazz games. Wow. Right. Mm. And so, or your dad would call me on a Saturday and I'm down at Lake Powell. Mm -hmm. Right. And he's working. Yeah. And, and whatnot. And I was down there, but he understood that I was down there with investors and stuff, or I'd be mm -hmm. at, at, in Moab on a, on a Hummer trip or yeah, whatever yeah. else. And the amount of money that I was able to raise from the relationships with these people, mm -hmm. that's why I was there. He knew that I had the same vision that he did. Mm -hmm. And he knew yeah. that I wasn't out there just playing. He knew that I was there bringing in the money. And, and, and because of that, because we were able to work together with mm -hmm. that right energy, we were able to build something big together. Huh. I was at a, actually a jazz game a couple weeks ago with my dad. Uh -huh. he, he told me that story. He said, Paul comes to a game. He rarely watches anything in the game. He'll, you'll look through, he's like, Paul will look through the first five rows of every, and he'll scan every row. And if he recognizes somebody, he'll text him. Hey, nice seat to see at the jazz game. And then he'll keep going. <laughs> 
seen, oh, and text him. And he just builds, hey, you want to get meet up after? Let's get at half time. Let's go get ice cream together, whatever yeah. it is, yeah. to meet those people, which is a really cool, really <laughs> cool thing to do. Um, I love that. Yeah, so, it worked out well. In fact, a lot of people would be, you know, they would see me in the first half of the game and I'd be down on the front row with mm-hmm. some of the investors and whatnot. Yeah. And then we'd be in the lunch or the break area, whatever else. And then halftime would end and the game would start mm-hmm. and they would look down and I would, and I'd get texts in the break area. Where are you? Well, I'm not watching the freaking game. I'm talking to people at the extended yeah. lunch, right? Uh, I don't yeah, freaking yeah. care about the game. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> so yeah. we'd show up, like you know, by, by the time the fourth quarter starts, mm-hmm. and, and watch the rest of the game and whatnot. But, but yeah, that was the purpose of all of those things is mm-hmm. is figuring out. In fact, in the beginning, me and uh, your dad were sitting there, and I said, okay, here's what I think we should do. We've had this kind of a return. I think we should put a big billboard out. You know, invest in bridge, mm-hmm. bridge loan capital because we, we pay this kind of return. And John said, no, we can't do that. It's a private offering. That's right. illegal. Yeah, yeah it's illegal. <laughs> yeah. You can't do that. I'm like, oh, what, what do I need to do? He said, Paul, you have to figure out how to get yourself mm-hmm. in the same room that wealthy people are. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And so I'm like, okay, word. And I had a piece of paper. I wish I still had that paper. Mm-hmm. I wrote at the top of it, where do rich people hang out? Huh. Line underneath it. And yeah. I'm like, Okay, I don't know, uh, the Hummer Club in Moab, uh, the mm-hmm. jazz games front row, uh, they go to, you know, whatever else. And, mm-hmm. and I actually, as I was going through it, I realized that something came directly in line with something that was a priority for me anyway. All right, Paul, so incredible stories of all different things. My dad tells me that he can walk in a room with you, big party, there's hundreds of people there, you guys walk around for 10 minutes, and in 10 minutes, you'll pick out the three or four whales, what you call them, right? You call them whales, yeah. whales in the room that have- a, they're, they're the real money. The real money and you'll go figure out how to talk to them. Yeah. Walk us through that. How does that happen? How does that actually work? Uh, I'll tell you a funny story. So so we were uh, we were at a conference in uh, Laguna Beach, California. Okay. And there was, a, uh, there was a whole bunch of guys in suits and ties there and I'm, I'm trying to figure out, okay, who are other fund managers like us? Mm-hmm. And who's the guys who are actual money check writers mm-hmm. right here. Yeah. So I'm looking around and I see this, um, I see this little Asian guy. He's mm-hmm. short, stringy hair, big Coke bottle glasses. Mm-hmm. He's got this gorgeous supermodel that's on his arm. Okay. Right. And, uh, you know, so, so I, I thought there's the guy right there. Mm-hmm. He's, anytime you see a disparity, you know, <laughs> <laughs> you see, you see an old lady with a really hot young guy, or whatever, yeah. vice versa, you know where the money is. Right. Yeah. So I'm like, someday when I write a book called how to raise $20 billion, uh-huh. I'm going to have a, I'm going to have a chapter that's called follow the supermodel. She always knows. Okay. <laughs> right? yes. okay. So, okay. so, so I'm like, there's my guy right there. Uh-huh. So now I can't just walk up to him and say, Hey bro, you got a really hot yeah. girl. You probably got money, right? Yeah. What does that look like? <laughs> exactly. yeah. So, so I'm, I'm just kind of watching him a little bit and, and then they, they get up and they start walking out. I'm like, crap, I'm going to lose him. Mm, yeah. So I, I, I see him walk out. I kind of follow a little bit. I see him give his ticket for his car to the guy. And I think, okay, here's my chance. Mm. I'm going to go out and give my ticket for my car at the same time. Yeah. And then the awkward silence of us standing there, standing together, uh-huh. then I can, I can break out a conversation. Yeah. Right. So I go up and I hand my thing too. And, and I'm just sitting there and then I realize, oh crap, I hope that they don't bring my, my rental Hyundai before they bring his oh. Lamborghini. Yeah. You know? <laughs> yeah. I'm like, oh, sorry, there's my car. Yeah. So, but I, I'm talking. I said, so are you enjoying the, the the conference? Yeah, 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 I am. Yeah, where are you from? Yeah, I, said, yeah. I tells me where he's uh-huh. from and said, yeah, I'm Paul Hutchinson, and you know, here with the fun, and we're doing whatever mm-hmm. else. And so I, I, I just had to find a time where I can break the ice with them. In mm-hmm. fact, 
Um, Create an opportunity. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. You know, just be be engaging and ask him questions about them where they come back, and I ask him what he was there for, was investing in, whatnot, and mm-hmm. and he told me, and then and then I'm just it just reading, reading the language and stuff, and throwing out. I need to throw out a couple little hooks, mm. and and literally hooks to your fun, what you yeah, guys are yeah. doing. Yeah. Say so, yeah. Say so, yeah, we're working on some stuff right now. We actually have these probably, and we have this mm-hmm. team, and we have this guy, and whatever has came on board, and is looking at this, and the crash happened, and this is what we did. Yeah. He's like. Fantastic! That's really cool. Hey, you know what? I'd love to learn more. Here's my card. Mm-hmm. As he jumps in his his Lambo, right? Yeah. And drives off. Yeah. And I'm like, we're gonna like, go yeah, yeah, yeah. And then I say, say to the guy, Hey, I'm sorry, I don't need to bring my Hyundai now. <laughs> Walk yeah. back in. And so uh, you know, it's it's uh, um, and and a lot of times, you know, I, I I will I will approach somebody and I don't want them to know that he was. The guy I'm going after, like, mm, like yeah. I'll, I'll find the guy. Like, if somebody tells me, you know, that guy is the he was the founder of yeah. Google mm-hmm. or whatever else. Yeah. I'm like, okay, I'm gonna go in and kind of get my way into that conversation, mm. and I'm not gonna let him know that I know he's the founder of Google. Mm. Instead, I might talk to him or talk to somebody else, talk to him about his his bear hunting trip or whatever else. Yeah. Or in what in this one case, it was actually the founder of a really big company like that. Um, of Yahoo, he he was he was there, and we were in a group of people. Mm-hmm. I yeah. knew he was the founder of Yahoo, one of them, uh-huh. and uh, and there was a girl who was next to him that was saying something as you know he was trying to dominate, and she said something. Uh-huh. So I said something back, and actually, in the conversation with her, mm-hmm. threw out a few hooks that were meant for him that he would hear. Off that he hand. would hear, oh, but it oh, wouldn't great. be like in your face. Yeah, you know, yeah. it's kind of like you know if there's a bunch of pigeons in the park, mm-hmm. and you know they're hungry, mm-hmm. and if you go running in with two loaves of bread, I'm gonna feed you. I'm gonna feed you. I'm gonna feed you. Mm-hmm. <laughs> We're gonna be gone. Yeah. Right. But you go in, and you're sitting on the bench, and you kind of quietly take it out, and you, you throw some over to those birds over there, mm-hmm. and they might fly away, but others come in, and mm-hmm. you throw some over here, these birds, and they might fly away, but these ones come in, and yeah. pretty soon they're all coming to you. Yeah. yeah. Right. So posture is the ability to put somebody something mm-hmm. in front of somebody's face and pull them away and have them beg you to get it without mm-hmm. them thinking that you're throwing yeah. it. Yeah. Oh yeah. You know. So mastering that ability to 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 just that ebb and flow without being too overwhelming was was the key. And then awesome. when I'm together, it's like, this is like Hitch almost like the dating show. Like how he creates <laughs> opportunities to meet women. Exactly. Like you're doing the same thing. You know, for, it's the same. It's thing. the same kind of concepts though. I well, love it. well, yeah. and, and and realizing, figuring out what they're interested in. Mm-hmm. Somebody's a thousand times more interested in themselves than they are you. Mm-hmm. You know, asking questions about them or what they're interested in, that's, that's key. So tell us about your other philanthropic work. I know you've done a lot of things. Tell us what you're working on right now and what you're doing. Yeah, so, you know, I, uh, in my, back when I was 20 years old and, mm-hmm. and, and 22 years old, 25 years old and get my companies going, I made that decision that I would give 20% mm-hmm. to charity. Yeah. Um, I, I started looking around at different charities and I remember, you know, every single time I'd see somebody on the side of the street, I rolled my nut my window down, give it to them. I'd go feed the homeless all the time and things like that. And then I, I had a few experiences that were kind of woke me up. You know, I, I had, I had loaded all the kids in the car and we had gone with a whole big old stack of pizzas to down to the homeless area. And we rolled down the window and the kids were handing out pizzas and these guys started just throwing F-bombs around and, and fighting oh, over the pizzas. And it was just really difficult. And I, I made a decision at that time that Yes, I have a heart and I, I, I help those who are in difficult positions, but you know, a, a man yeah. who's 40 years old who made bad decisions and now he's asking me for drug money, mm. I would rather put the majority of my focus on what I call the truly innocent. Mm. Um, yeah. You know, a child, a nine-year-old child in a position completely outside of any choices that mm-hmm. she made. 
Yeah. I, I decided to get on the, the board of directors for Make-A-Wish. I started donating a lot of money there. I yeah. was asked to be on the board of directors there, and I, I, I accepted that. I was seven years on the board of directors mm -hmm. with, uh, with Make-A-Wish. I donated a lot of money and time to other child-related organizations. I helped to... Uh, and, and, um, and then in 2006... Sean Reyes, our attorney general, had, had uh, sat down with me and, and he told me, Paul, there's, there's something that's um, the fastest growing criminal enterprise in the world. Mm. He said, this is uh, uh, something that's a dark subject, mm. uh, child trafficking. And uh, introduced me to a guy that a lot of your readers may have heard from, uh, Tim Ballard, who was, he was uh, Homeland Security uh, working in the child trafficking division and wanted to start a, a nonprofit foundation and, and mm -hmm. uh, so we helped in the beginning because I realized wow you know this this is um, that I, if I had a little nine-year-old girl mm -hmm. and I had to choose all the different things bad that would happen to her you know make a wish as she's struggling with cancer mm -hmm. but she's coming home to a, a loving home and whatnot or or if she was abducted and being trafficked and sold for sex. I mean, mm -hmm. what I can't imagine anything worse, yep. you know. And and uh, I had the I had the opportunity um, to help out in a big way early on in 2006, um, where there was an operation in uh, Colombia and there was a there was need for a for a big check to be written and and uh, um, a lot of other things that I can't go through on on camera. Needless to say, I. I was able to see children firsthand mm. being sold for the unthinkable. And, um, you know, this little 11 year old girl with tear stains on her makeup face, that, you know, standing up, she wasn't much taller than I was sitting down and, and she, um, she was so scared. And I, I all I wanted to do is tell her, Oh, you're going to be fine. You're going to see your parents mm -hmm. again. And I couldn't say that. And, and, uh, and the most beautiful sound that I ever heard was after the agents came and stormed the party and arrested everybody and the Child Protective Services people came in with the children and they started, they started singing and laughing with the children and that, that sound of freedom was the most beautiful sound that I ever heard. Mm. And uh, the movie coming out is, is called The Sound of Freedom mm -hmm. and it follows the story of these children, it follows the story of Tim leaving his government job and... Um, it follows my involvement, but uh, because that can't be known publicly, I, I uh, the actor is not Paul Hutchinson. Yeah, mm -hmm. uh, but if you watch it, you'll be able to to pick it out. Mm -hmm. um, it's about an amazing team of people that uh, got together that created the the largest child rescue mission in one day in history. Mm -hmm. One hundred and twenty three children. Wow! And uh, it's an amazing, amazing film, and it's coming out later this year. And uh, if you've got your uh, your people that want to watch it again, it's called The Sound of Freedom. And mm -hmm. it'll be out sometime in October, uh, sort of mm -hmm. September, October of this yeah. year. Late fall, or yeah. middle fall, yeah. Yeah, it'll be, it'll be spectacular in helping you see really what's going on mm -hmm. there, so. Wow, that's incredible. And my, my, I've heard about this before from you and my dad and other people, and it's in, just incredible what you guys do. The time and the money and just all the resources, what you've done to, and gotten people on board, like people like Glenn Beck, the Steelers, um, mm -hmm. People like in the White House that have come to help solve the biggest problem on the entire planet. Sex it really trafficking. is. It's, yeah. it's a, you know, there's more today. And I'm not talking about just children being sexually abused at home, which is horrible. I'm talking about sold 
human beings. There's more today than all 300 years of the transatlantic slave trade put together. Gosh, and we wow. sit back thinking that slavery disappeared at the time of Abraham Lincoln. Hmm. And and uh, they, there's a huge percentage of human Wait, trafficking. more than the entire... All 300, 300 years combined. Years combined. Yep. There's more today. Today. Oh my gosh, okay, wow. And, and yeah. uh, it's not only the... the um, it's the second... Large, it's, it's the fastest growing criminal enterprise in the world mm. and the second most profitable, second only to illegal drugs. Wow. And, and a lot of people believe it'll be number one soon because you can sell a bag of cocaine once, mm -hmm. but you can sell a child, an eight, 10 year old child, you can sell her 10, 20 times a day wow. for, for 10, 15 years. Mm -hmm. right? It's a dark subject yeah. and people don't even want to look at at it but there's such a beautiful light with the rescue and rehabilitation and reuniting of these children with their families it's yeah. such a beautiful light that it makes looking at that problem almost palatable yeah and so, you guys have decided to not look away to dive in and to go and actually rescue have teams that go out and rescue these kids that yeah put traffickers yeah. in prison and yeah so so uh we, we put together a, a second foundation called the child liberation foundation yeah and that foundation uh, raises money for it, it vets organizations that actually physically go in and do the rescue mm -hmm. it vets organizations that do the rehabilitation mm -hmm. the yeah. adoption of the children all the way through identification of it mm -hmm. and 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 funds those groups mm -hmm. so we have uh, there's millions of dollars that we have raised mm -hmm. uh, for different or different foundations you know I put in about $200,000 into Ashton Kutcher's foundation, Thorn. Mm -hmm. uh, we, we did um, uh, 150 plus another 30,000 just last week for a, a foundation that helps with the adoption of the children. Mm -hmm. uh, we did a, a big chunk. I did 50 and then uh, one of our partners in Child Liberation did another $250,000 into uh, the, uh, the Nazarene Foundation in the Middle East yeah. that's helping the Yazidi children there. Mm -hmm. yeah. And so all of these different foundations were identifying who's front and center and making a difference. Mm -hmm. And those are the ones that we're helping to fund and put it forward. And so you can go to liberateachild.org and it, it helps fund all of the different things from A to Z. Yeah. And, uh, and the, the foundations that we have supported over the years have, um, well, if you count Nazarene, there's literally thousands, tens of thousands of children, uh, women and children, that uh, people in slavery that have been liberated because of that, that are wow. free to, today, which is, is you know, you, couldn't, oh you can't gosh. put a price yeah, on that. That's incredible. Oh, you must just sit at night and just feel good about that and then <laughs> sick about the other people still out there, right? Yeah, which is incredible. Yeah, How yeah. can people... So you, what are some places we can go to help out and well, like to learn I say, more about foundations? Yeah, you can and... learn, um, like I say, the, the Sound of Freedom movie coming out, mm -hmm. I think will create a huge awareness yeah. with, with people. I think that's going to be massive. Um, there's uh, Because, see, back at the time of Abraham Lincoln, it wasn't the guys rescuing the slaves that created the biggest difference. Mm -hmm. It was actually people like you that was getting the word out. It was mm -hmm. Harriet Beecher Stowe wrote a book called Uncle Tom's Cabin, which yeah. was the media of the age created an awareness with good people of what was going on in the South. People in the North didn't really know yeah, it no was that idea. bad. Yeah. 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 In fact, years later, when Abraham Lincoln met Harriet, he shook her hand. He says, so you're the little lady that wrote the book that started the Civil War, mm. right? Wow. So today, creating that awareness will mm -hmm. create a movement. Yeah. And so that's going to be huge. You can go to liberateachild.org okay. and learn a lot about the, the, the different foundations that are out mm -hmm. there that are fighting this. There's a lot of fantastic foundations. Mm -hmm. 
that are making a huge impact that we are we're supporting from all fronts. Yeah, so. love it.